Welcome to Post-Apocalyptic. This is Rob. John is still currently on his European vacation. So with my guest series continuing on, I'm bringing on someone who I have worked with in the past, also post-production to keep with the post-production vague theme that we have on our podcast. Uh, so I'd like to introduce Randy. Hi, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, so Randy and I go back 12-ish. It's been a long time. Uh, I want to say, what, 2006? Was it six or seven? Oh, the show that shall not be named. Oh, the show that <laughs> shall not be named. We're gonna edit oh, okay, that okay, out. Okay, actually, okay. Uh, it's one of those things where I, most of the time I tell stories about shows I've worked on. It's not. It's not even a big thing. There's just some I just avoid just because it's still. I don't know if that show's still on your resume. Where I'll get interviewed now. It's like, ooh, I've heard things about that thing. It's like it's been ten years since I've been <laughs> on that show. It's well, it's actually been. I left. No, no, because I left 2011, and that was when you took over for me, which you had worked. Yeah, you're right, you're so right. So you had worked with me on that. So it was 2011 when I left and you took over, and then you did two years, and John then continued the final two years. So everyone on this podcast has worked on that show at one point. Again, the show that shall not be named. Correct. It's like uh, Vald- Valdemort. Voldemort. Voldemort, Voldemort, yeah. or whatever. Yes, I, why, I shouldn't even be saying his name. Right. Because we shouldn't be even <laughs> saying the name. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. Okay. And and not, we're not going to go stupid with, you know, post-production stuff. It always starts off that way, and then it just goes vaguely goes away. <laughs> Randy's also in the post-production side. He's um, currently on a USA show. He works as much as all of us work. We just go job to job. Because it's, it is a job. It's, it is it's, a job. It's a job. It's a paycheck. It's insurance. It's living the dream vicariously through others. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Your creators slash showrunners on your current show, are they older or younger? Um, Veterans or new? Veterans up to a point. I mean, uh, my my boss is probably 10 years older than me. Okay. Been around. Okay. Um, Kind of feel like he's a newbie, though, sometimes, you know? You get on a new show, and you want to impress people. And so uh, it it was funny the other day... uh, he made sure that we had pastries, okay. pastries for you know, for just a uh, screening for for. Oh, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Okay, I, I, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked with one of those guys as well. Nothing, nothing wrong. No, not not. It was good, not, but his mindset is different than. Yes, at one point that was probably okay. We're doing a screening. Let's make sure we have bagels, locks, some pastries, and you're like, great. And they come, and everyone looks cool. Yeah. And they walk on. And you're like, well, I'm so glad we. Once again, it's money. No one cares. Yeah. And, you know, maybe one person has one bagel or, you know, two right. bagels. But pretty much the whole thing goes left untouched. And the PAs are happy about that. That's for sure. So, yeah, everyone gets yeah. to eat. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's great. <laughs> but no, um, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, I have nothing but high uh, marks to say about him. And what about your the creative staff of, like, the writers and everything? Are they new? Is this their first show, second show? Well, the creative, uh, the showrunner, it's based off her book. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And uh, I think she's kind of a first-time showrunner. Okay. In that sense. I mean, she's worked on other projects and whatnot, so mm-hmm. she's not necessarily green-green. Okay. But I think like this is... Like first as showrunning. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. I think it's first for her uh, running the show, so... But she's super nice. That's all that matters. She, she had a Star Wars t-shirt on the other day, so, you know. Hey, if you, if you love Star Wars... <laughs> if you I'm, love Star Wars, uh, that's all it is. And we get a lot of Star Wars all the time now, so... Yeah. Uh, that's good though I mean I'm glad because you never know like the first time showrunners are always a little if especially if it's their first because then I don't think any of them ever realize how much you have to do and that's what she was saying the other day she's like um, you know because we shoot in Canada okay and she's here but of course she flies up to Canada to be there and do some stuff and she's just like yeah there's so much to do when you're running a show there's so much to think about uh, so many you know avenues to go down so many other people that you have to interact with and they're all looking to you but they also kind of have a mind of their own as well and want to insert their own things and you just got to take the reins and go yeah you know it's It's your show oh is this color umbrella fine yeah it's fine it's blue i I don't care well it might clash then don't do it i don't (laughs) it's like you you just see it when you go to these production meetings you always see like all that come down and that there's always that one person you know just like i you know, there's things that you have to care about, then there's those little things. You're right. just like, well, how many kids in the classroom? How many would we fit in a classroom? Well, it's easier to get 20, then just do 20, do but 20, it might look yeah. small. 35, too many. 
then why are you asking me? Let's yeah. split the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You should look at the line producer. What do we got? Yeah. Yeah. What right, can we, we get in within budget? Twenty. Yeah, okay. We're doing twenty. Everyone within yeah. budget. And what is a is a high budget show? Low budget? I mean, without I mean, um, no numbers or anything. You know, I, I I think it's one of those shows that they want to do as much as they can with what they have. Okay. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they they don't want to work any overtime. Correct. And they'll steal money away from post if they can. I've had that. Yep. Yep. But, you know, I would say it's a modestly budgeted show. Okay. Um, I can say that it's for the USA Network. Okay. So if you watch those types of shows, they have a relatively... The top tier ones like a Suits or a Royal Paints yeah. will progressively get more money because exactly. they're in their 8th and 10th season. Yeah. So, so you know, we're, we're probably at the low end of the spectrum now. But, you know, if the show goes couple of seasons which i think it can because right. it, it does have potential um especially for a lot of people in the midwest the heartland yeah. um i think they'll like it we're shooting our fourth episode currently so we'll see how it goes all right so with a little origin before we get on to the show how long have you when was your first job my first job was in 1996 okay i was a post pa on party of five wow yeah reaching back and for our audience, you are not from L.A.? No, I'm from uh, Peoria, Illinois. And when did you move out here to, to, to pursue the dream? 1996. 1996. 1996. I got my first job through uh, my girlfriend at the time. Her friend mm-hmm. uh, knew somebody, and that's that's pretty much how it starts. It always starts with you everyone. Know? Someone knows someone that yeah. knows someone, and that's how you end up with a job. You, I didn't necessarily come out here searching for a post job. Right. That was just the first job that was offered to me, and it kind of stuck. And most everyone always knows. It's like, your first job's going to be a PA. So it didn't even matter. It could have been, your set PA, great. Your post PA, great. Yeah. All I know is it has PA in it. I know that's what I'm going to be doing. Yep. And that's what... I was... Back then, I was super, super happy mm-hmm. to be working in the industry. Right. And I wasn't an insurance salesman back home like, you know, my uh, high school friends. Although they probably all have houses now. They do have houses and, you know, <laughs> two, 2.5 kids and a dog and or a cat. With around the kids, uh, I could, I can, the kids I don't care about, but the fact that most of these people that I went to high school with all have houses. Yeah. Although I was born and raised here, so most of those people probably don't have houses. They most likely got a job where they could buy a house, but. I, I, I tell you, uh. A lot of people have the kid itch. Yeah. I'm having the house itch. We all do. Uh, I think uh, John and I in a couple pods ago for some reason talked about 20 minutes about L.A. real estate. That's kind of where it went. It's just ridiculous to buy anything out here. It's like you want it just for more of a stability. Yeah. Uh, and room, too. And room. Uh, as my podcast studios also are my studio uh, that I live here with my wife. It is very small, but it's cheap and... Maybe saving for a house. I don't know. It's like uh, that's not a bad idea. We try, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the median house price is eight hundred now. It's oh, god damn it. Yeah. And uh, the new statistic for the people in L.A. The we are number one in the highest rents. Yes, we are. With the I think the medium's twenty six hundred for rent. Wow. Although that once again the, the L.A.'s they count L.A. L.A. proper. Right. Pasadena is considered L.A. So I mean they count all of it, and like I think Pasadena is at twenty seven. But then you have the lower end neighborhoods that are probably closer to maybe fifteen hundred. But when you take all of it, you get twenty seven hundred or twenty six hundred, whatever that mini price. Twenty six or twenty seven hundred in the Midwest will get you a giant house, right? With a three stall garage yeah. on probably two acres. Well, we were um, now it's become L A. podcast, uh, L A. real estate podcast. A wife and I were looking at a house. Looking, it was seven ninety nine. It's in Highland Park, which oh, nice. is up and coming. It's been up and coming for twenty years. Really nice place. Actually, it's one of those ones where you can just move in, which is nice. And then um, Jason, who was on the pod, you'll have, will have heard it. Uh, we always joke about this town. There's a town in Pennsylvania called Johnstown. We picked it only because there's movies, which we'll get to later. <laughs> there was a director, uh, Mark Planera, who I believe his name's wrong. He's the one I've talked to you about. He yes. did the Frozen Sasquatch yes. and all those. Yes. I found out that's kind of the area he lives. And I was like, well, that's why you can do it. Not, not take away from what he's doing, but... Right. He has a house. He probably had a job, bought a house, and the market there is still dirt cheap in Jonathan. So as a joke, I just randomly picked it, – it ended up totaling – you could buy 25 houses for the price of one house in Highland Park. And that was me just picking the seven ninety nine. And I randomly just went, okay, that's 20000 that's 60000 that's seventy. Oh, there's an $8,000. I just – That is insane. And then when I was done, I counted, and it was 25 houses. But about 25 houses for the price of one. Once again, what could I do anything in John Towns? I have no fucking idea. 
randomly picked a place. Well, here's the, here's the great thing about what you did randomly randomly picking a place <laughs> and adding things up. Mm. You just basically set your post budget. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you <laughs> working in post does give you some uh, special skills for handling a budget. Right. Besides just your average checking account uh, checkbook that you don't right. even use anymore because no one uses checks. So yeah, you use POs in the in the post world. Yeah, I know, and I know the budget stuff is always so weird. They take everything away. I never, which is probably terrible to say in my job, never really look at the budget other than the first <laughs> time because for the most part they take most of it away. So you just kind of work within what you can. It's like, well, I have to pay for the mix. I have to pay for the online. I can't go, no. Yeah. Well, we don't have the budget anymore. We ran out of money. Well, I mean, I keep on top because I know what the numbers yeah. are, but it's like, I got to get the show done and it is what it is. And then you always borrow from somewhere else. Yeah. If you want to deliver the show, you do what you can to make sure that it gets done. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Budgets are, it's so different. I, I don't know if I could, you know, budget for a house. Don't worry. We can just afford it. <laughs> yeah. Oh right, it's not. It's my money now. <laughs> yeah, you you can't borrow from any place else. There, yeah, there's there's no uh, Amort account that you can borrow from or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's like oh, I just take money from here. Oh, I don't have another one of those. <laughs> oh, I can't take it from the mix. Dough. Yeah. So okay, you moved out here. Was it to pursue a dream in Hollywood? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Wow, you're 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 getting me deep now. <laughs> um, I did come out here to act. Okay. Wow. I did. Okay. I did. It's. Uh, were you doing group? Did you do theater back I home? Did theater in college. Nice. Um, I was going to be in a play back home, and then my girlfriend at the time she was like, "Let's move out to California." And I was it's like, "It's well, easy to make yeah, it there. It's dreams. Yeah, yeah, Where did the exactly. dreams come from?" Uh, so I actually didn't do. Th- I ended up not doing that play and moving to California instead. Okay. Um, and I did, you know, some auditions and stuff like that. But I figured. It's tough to be an actor out here, yeah. obviously, um, and I didn't want to be the pizza delivery boy for the rest of my life. Right? Is that uh, what you did when you first came out? No, no, no. Oh, I'm okay. talking getting cast as a pizza delivery oh, boy, okay. you know, in a commercial. Yeah. But looking back on that now, I probably would have made a lot of money. We, you know, you get a national, a national commercial, yeah. you know. So I was an idiot. But no, no. Once I got out here, did the acting thing for a little bit, got on a, a show, Party of Five, as a PA. Right. I kind of knew that that was my trajectory, and while I was doing that and trying to pursue the acting i wrote i was you know i uh, got the final draft uh, program and Mm. started typing on my computer and whatnot my experiences and and letting some friends read and they were like uh randy you need to decide whether you want to be an actor or a writer because right now you're pretty damn good as a writer okay i was like oh okay yeah and so i pushed the acting stuff aside and said i'll just start writing and so That is the ultimate goal okay. out here is to be a writer, work a writer for television. Um, you know, if I got to, I'll start my way, or you know, start at being a writer's PA if I, you know, have right. to. But uh, the ultimate goal is to, you know, write my own show. Yeah, it is kind of funny how that that is a weird path because for the most part in in TV in general, it's like you start off as a PA in, in a certain department, and maybe that's where you end up. You start off as a regular PA to figure out what department you want to be in if that's what you want to do, and you sort of move it out. But like a writer's PA is so specialized. Like, yes, if you want to be a wardrobe PA, maybe you want to be into wardrobe, but it takes a while. But a writer's PA, you could end up being a writer, which is the weirdest. Like, that's such a high profile. It's almost like, I'm going to be a PA to be a producer on this show. Like, because if a show goes five years, you might end up being a writer on that show. If I start off as a PA, five years later, I am not going to be the showrunner. For the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Like, I might, if I'm starting as a regular PA, let's just say production, I might end up being production coordinator yeah maybe like a co-producer title where i'm under the line producer producer. or like maybe i'm a supervising producer helping the line producer which i've had on shows so it's kind of a weird trajectory where it's like it's not like it'd almost be i'm gonna be a set pa but i'm gonna be directing in two years wait no that doesn't work then you have to work on the ad side it's it's a weird animal where a writer's pa can end up being a writer like that to me is the weird. It, you have to want it though. Being a writer's PA means you probably want to be a writer. You're not just sitting there. Oh, I just like to hang out with writers. Well, that's the funny thing is I've known some writers PAs who have just wanted to like hang in that circle, right? But who have gone on to do other things and not ended up being a writer. Well, yeah, I think once you're in the business and you see how it runs, that always changes your perspe- perspective too. You might yeah. sit there going, "No, I like to write." Then you see kind of how it's done, and maybe your whole thing is when you're in the writers room and you're seeing. 20 people pitching it's like no that's not what i want to do i want to write my script and i don't mind getting feedback but i don't want to just sit in the room 
And spitball ideas. Spitballing, you know, 17 hours a day and eating, you know, out of trays all, yeah. all my entire... That's not everyone's yeah. gig. You have to want that and still be a good writer. You don't just aren't given a script because you, you've been in the department long enough. Well, you know, another, another reason I want to be a writer is they have the best craft service. They eat from the best places. I don't... You, you can go into any different department and you will not find a better food choice right. than the writers well i think too is the fact that they tend to get two meals a day they do and i think you just even though you're supposed to stay within a budget for the most part they do but then they'll be like the sushi day or there something. there is the sushi day yeah post does not have sushi days unless a there, director's uh, it depends yeah. on the show and if a director's in or a producer's in and then yeah. they want it yeah then you're like haha we get it yeah although i don't like sushi so i've always been out of that that <laughs> bummer that bummer run you have to want to be a writer, and to like you said, it is the best. You're eating, but here, once again, you're eating. You have to think about it. Yes, it's probably a dream job to be spitballing ideas. That's awesome, but you are eating out of a tray two times a Pretty day. Much, yeah. You get there, spitball ideas, try to get a show done, and then it's nine o'clock at night. All right, well, see you guys in the morning. Yeah. I feel like it could definitely be more efficient. Oh, there's no doubt it could be more efficient. Yeah. I think I think that's probably why you have those people that do those six or eight episodes and they're the writer on all of them. Like, oh, this is easier. Yeah. Got it done. But you have to be at a certain status to get that. Totally. But, or even if it is a like your name's on it, you probably have like two or three writers to, to back help, you up. To yep. back you up a little bit. But, you know, like you're doing a show, for example, like a Supernatural where over 300 episodes, 15 seasons, you're just churning and burning at that point. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they've used multiple storylines multiple times over. You know there's someone in there just going, have have we done this? Well, we did, but he did it. That's fine. (laughs) They'll do it. Yes. Twist, you know, so I I couldn't even imagine. Like a sitcom, you can always still grab from, you know, current events or something and try to make it work. But when you're doing like a, you know, like a Buffy show, we're fighting demons. Well, what kind of demon do we have now? Do we bring this one back? Yes story arc it or somehow and and you just keep going and like 300 episodes what now i don't know just we'll make something up i feel like yeah you could take those actors from supernatural and just go where's the script i don't know here's a set yeah you guys just talk about stuff here's an outline and uh improvise okay there's gonna be a demon oh is there because there's another (laughs) demon great you mean we have to kill a demon again right (laughs) so you're currently still writing you're still doing post work because I don't know. You either get get a break or you just keep working at it. Yeah. And um, yeah. It, you enter a lot of competitions. I do. I do. Um, and how do you like that? I don't like the competition aspect. As it is much judging as I someone's d- art, which is always perspective. <sighs> okay. Well, you're, that's true. That's true. Um, right now, though, there is more of. I don't know how to say this. I don't want to anger people or dismiss dismiss anybody. But I feel it's not – you're not being judged on your writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, I think whoever has the best script right. wins, should be chosen as the writer. And I don't care what their color is. I don't right. care what their sexual orientation is. Mm-hmm. I don't care where they came from. I don't care if they believe in the devil. Right. If their script is better than mine, written better than mine, they should win. I don't feel that they should win based on – those other factors. And I feel like that's what we're getting into because we need to be all-inclusive, which I agree, we do need to be all-inclusive. But when it comes right down to it, who tells the better story, you know? If you, without any writing experience at all, and I'm not saying, I'm not- I know know what you mean. um, If you have a better story than I do and written and you have no writing experience and but you just came back with a better story, boom, you're in. We've opened this weird Pandora's box in um, Hollywood. And, and once again, I think it's it's always good to have different perspectives because I definitely think we're getting better TV now. Because, oh, I mean, we're definitely seeing things that it, I may not identify with it because it's not their job to make me feel. I didn't, but I might be watching from a different perspective going, wow, this show's really good. It's not targeted towards me, but I really enjoy the right. show. And I think that really helps us as you know entertainers or whatever it's just like it does open it up but then yeah then there's this panic too of like trying to balance it all out and it it, it literally should be like when you turn stuff in it's just like you don't put you put a number on it as opposed to a name and then everyone just sort of reads it and goes this is good and it's also too it's it's still subjective writing like you're judging writing it's there's some things that read great and some things that read terrible 
Some things that come out, the read terrible, come out great. Yeah, it's, it's true. Just, it's just a structure thing. So it's a weird time in Hollywood right now. But once again, it's it's always just been hard anyways. Yeah. And, and just there's just more hurdles for, there's more hurdles for everyone. And now everything is being flipped and there's different hurdles for even those people that should have the jobs. Right. You know, it, it doesn't matter uh, if you're a person of color or race or whatever. It's like, now there's a just different hurdle for, for ev- everyone. For everyone. And it's just like, I mean, yeah, at the time it was just like, oh, get that writer. He's good. Although there's so many more paths now. We have so many writers now. So it's like, it's harder to even. And there's a lot of shows out there. Right. When you, when you peel the layers back, your Netflixes, your Amazons, your Hulus, your Disney Pluses, they're starting to make big deals with those big name writers that used to be on network, like your Shonda Rhimes, your Ryan Murphy. You know, they're still looking for the big person. Right. When they should be looking for the new person which was sort of what sort of amazon was doing that in the yeah, beginning in the beginning yes they, they were they were sort of just it's like well why spend all our money there because netflix has the money but i think now i think netflix is shifting a little bit just because they have all of it now yeah yeah so now it's kind of like well now we need content yes they do need content when they started getting into tv it was like oh marta kaufman she did friends oh got ryan murphy you know then it was just all about getting then it opened the gates like oh this is legitimate yes so now They've opened that door as it being legitimate TV. And it is. Like, if you watch half the stuff on Netflix, the shows are great. Any show. Like, you just watch anything. And you're just like, wow, that's great. Good for you. You know? <laughs> uh, but now, I think, they, I think they'll now start opening up. Although, like, I would say, like, their biggest gamble is probably the Duffer Brothers with Stranger Things. Because they were coming off of Wayward Pines, which was somewhat of an Some, iffy show. Yeah. Like, there was not love it, love it or hate it. It was just kind of like, oh, I heard that was good. Yeah. Didn't watch one episode. Nope. Heard it was lasted two seasons. Two seasons. I heard it was okay. Okay. But then it's like, hey, these guys are going to do this 80s thing. All right. It was a gamble. So that's when you get it. Like you're going to get a Stranger Things by gambling on just some. Gambling. Exactly. You know, it's like, are you going to get a good show from Ryan Murphy? Yes. He knows how to make a good show. Are you going to get a good show from Marta Kaufman? Yes. Grace and Frankie. Five seasons. But now it is sort of that thing. It's almost like what Marvel did, taking directors that you wouldn't think, like a James Gunn. uh, taika for thor 3 so it's like you you really it does kind of help just to like look at something going oh that was done really well who was that let's give them a shot yeah and there's gonna be people that are not gonna work out but you know writing i think is definitely i'd say writing is probably harder than acting writing maybe? is harder than acting in a sense because you can keep going on auditions yeah. they always need guy in background yeah and it, once again and i think even john pronoun up there's only like oh, something ridiculous like two or three percent working actors that can sustain on their salary but you think about all the things you see and it's like yeah they did that for five seasons and that was it and that was it what else did they do afterwards so yeah. and, and that happens with writers too like you'll see some movie look up like one of your favorite movie older movies and you'll go oh i love that guy and he was like you wrote two things yeah just sort of was the you know the second thing didn't do well and then you went into movie jail People went to movie jail a lot in the 70s and 80s. They did. No they one did. goes into movie jail anymore. They no. got to disappear a little bit. Yeah, they disappear if they make a mistake or something, but usually it's not for the movie that they wrote. It's for something else that they did, a little extracurricular activity. Yeah, it's something, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it's just their talent and not them being dickheads. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So you're still 100%, the writing is still your path. Yeah, the writing has always been the path. Uh, and I say that even though I told you how I got here and what I did. I, I, but in the beginning when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, I would write Silver Spoons episodes. Nice. And I would get my cousins to perform them with me wow. down in my grandma's basement. Remember, everyone, we didn't have the internet. We no. had three channels of TV. This is how we entertained ourselves. I believe I, I uh, my sister used to do stuff like that. Yeah. So on you, shows and stuff. Yeah. Because. You know, so, you know, I'd take a notebook and start writing out, you know, a script. And of course, I was Rick Schroeder. Uh, of course. I yeah. mean, you're always going to make yourself the hero. Yeah, you're going to make the. Yeah. <laughs> so so we did that. And I don't know why I didn't pursue that with much more vigor mm-hmm. when I was younger. I mean, well, I think acting uh, acting is always more of like the spotlight even if you're not craving the spotlight that seems like when you're younger it's like well you go to hollywood to be an actor then you then when you finally come out here and get a job you realize oh my god every show has 200 people on it it's not like in your head you're like well there's just actors and they're just filming them yeah you get here and you realize oh my god there are so many jobs you know well and and here's the thing even in college i still pursued acting but then i took a a creative writing class mm-hmm. and I got an A in it 
Oh, and nice. I was not a good student right. by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I struggled with, you know, your math, your sciences, your histories. Right. But writing, to, to get an A in writing, to get an A in anything, it was, you know, like a holy grail for me. Right. So when I got an A in that class, I was like, yeah, I definitely need to pursue this as well. So. Yeah, I mean, it's always good because that's the thing. It's You come out here in general with an idea, and then it's always going to iterate. Yeah, there's going to be the people that are never going to give up on the acting thing, and maybe they get something, maybe they don't. Maybe they get one national, or they don't. It's it's a weird, fickle, hard business, yeah. and that's why it's always easy to just start in a production. Don't go for the top tier. Right. Or aim for the top tier. Aim that's for what it. You yeah, want. definitely. It's like, oh, I want to direct, write, and act. Great. Just work towards it. Yeah. Because then eventually you might get to the point going, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I like my current job. It pays. And that's where Post fits in. That's where Post fits in because you get to deal with everyone in Post, which I, John and I, I think, touched on it when we used to talk more post-production. It, it is. It's it's a world where you're part of everything. You are part of production. You're yep. part of finishing. You're part of pre-production. And you talk to everyone. You have to talk to the director. You have to talk to the actors. You have to talk to the writers. Because some, you just get pigeonholed. In and you may never see anyone like wardrobe just sees the actors yeah that's it yep you know, they might yeah of course they might see the director, director or something yeah but you know they're not talking with everyone so and and that's the weird thing too it's um for post it's like i've never been one to i don't like really talking to people and i end up in a job where all i have to do is talk to people and deal with stuff all the time it's like it's like i was you know always the kid that sat in the back of the class it's like i don't want to be called on i don't really want to deal with any of that just let me get through then i get on the job where i have to manage all these people and talk to people all the time and it's like how did i end up here yeah i'm not like that's not what i wanted i just wanted to chill out and do my job and go home and you know i don't have to talk to anyone oh go deal with the director i don't want to deal with the director (laughs) but then you just sort of do it god i hope he's having a good day today (laughs) Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll get to the second half of the, the segment. Then we can talk about more about writing. I used to have a segment I'll explain to you, Randy. I used to do a segment called Hate Watch okay. on the show, on the podcast. It all started with, um, I watch everything. I don't care. I, I just like any content for the most part. I like I like movies. It doesn't really matter. And then I would tell John, I'd message John while I was work because I'd be working and have something on. He's like, why do you hate watch? And he brought that up. And I was like, I don't know. I just like random movies. But that was when I'd be watching uh, not so much of what I watch now, but I would watch like more top tier actors in terrible movies. Like you would see like, sense. hey, Bruce Willis uh, did a cam, not a cameo. He's on the poster of He's this movie. Po- yeah. And you're watching going, this is a terrible movie. And Bruce Willis is in one scene. I'd watch that. I'd watch Adolph Lundgren. I'd watch current Seagal movies going, these are fantastic. I can't believe these actors, all these actors that I grew up with that I would, it's like, wow, they're still working. This is fantastic. So it used to be a thing. I'd watch a movie and then I would, I would explain it to John and John would try to like, well, did they do this? Of course not, because this movie's terrible. Then I was like, well, that's kind of mean for, because then I started talking, we started talking about Mark Planera a lot as guy who we stumbled across uh, because he did a, a movie called Sharkenstein. Yes, a Frankenstein shark. So we, we makes sense. Makes sense. So we watched it work and went, oh my God, this is fantastic. Who is this guy? Oh my God, he's directed 25 films, if not more. So we started watching them all and they're all fine. They're, they're very low budget. He shoots them at his house in, you know, Johnstown. He has a stable of actors. Like there'll be people, we'll watch one now going, oh, it's Crooked Hat Guy from that other movie. <laughs> we don't know anyone's name. So then it was just like, well, it's not fair because he's pursuing the dream that some people want. You know, it's like there's someone who's on a set right now that wants to be a director not directing. He's directing movies. He's doing it. And they're on Amazon Prime. Some of them are released on DVD. So his movies are out there and being watched. So it's like it's no longer. So then it was just like, all right, Hate Watch seems mean because uh, we would talk negatively a little bit about Because how do you not go? Why didn't you just not shoot this angle and shoot that angle? It's, right. So it's perfectly. You know, it was just more of question. like it was more of uh, observation. So it sort of became the segment is now you made a movie. Look, you made a movie. It's okay, kind of more of a, I like that. That sounds it, a little it's, bit better. It's positive. It's like, yeah. you're watching at the end of the day. So, like, no matter what your critique is at the end of the day, you know what? You still made a movie. Regardless. And we're just two people that haven't made a movie. We work in TV. It's just opinions based on our knowledge. Yes. And being in post-production, we see the whole thing. We see it from script to delivery. So Yes, we do. Is our perspective any better? Not really. It's just we have more of a perspective because we see, we get the script. We go to the table read, we shoot, we see the dailies, we watch every cut, so we understand the idea. We know what it makes, or what it, excuse me, what it takes right. to make a good 
film TV show. Right. We know the avenues that you're supposed to go down right. to make it look good, to make it sound good. We can. The great thing about post production is you can change the story right. from post. Whatever. You might get the script go. The script's great. You shoot it and go, and you see the first cut going. Oh, the script was really good. I don't know what we're. Did we yeah. do something wrong? And then it might be a reorder of a scene. It might be speeding some things up, taking some things out, and just sort of going there's the story it was just not even shot poorly it was just not what we thought yeah and then at the end you end up with a good episode exactly so it's more of a perspective so normally john doesn't do the homework because i don't tell him (laughs) i spring him on it because it's always fun but i thought i'd give randy as a guest uh the homework so the homework on this week was a movie on amazon prime uh called alien affliction and it was directed by a rob grant i since i watched so many interesting movies i'm gonna say interesting (laughs) my recommendations are bonkers now like so i just go deep and i'll look for things like either the poster the still or i'll just read the description and going well that seems like something i would watch so alien affliction came up and the the still is an alien head that looks like it's from the 80s this movie was made five years ago so then i look the director i try not to do too much right away I looked the director up on, oh my God, this guy's directed eight films. Great. Okay, he made the this, cut. This is all I need to know. Yeah. First time directors, I don't really, uh, it's great. I don't really care. And yeah. this is his, was his third film. Oh, wow. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this one. So that's how, that's how I found this movie. There was no rhyme or reason that's, it, it, there isn't a method to it. Other uh, than I saw it and went, whatever, I'll give it a shot and looked up. All right, this guy's current. He He's still directing movies. If it was his only one and it somehow ended up there, then it just feels weird when you start bad. It's like, dude, tried. You made a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's but, true. A lot of people, you and know. And he's obviously learned his uh, current film and won some sort of festival and has got some sort of uh, distro. I don't know the festival. I did very little. <laughs> Once again, you see those things, then you start looking going, oh, it's the Tennessee Chattanooga or something like that film. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, also, so uh, Randy knows as well, there's a company called Wild Eye Releasing. They'll take whatever movie you make and pretty much get it to Amazon or on DVD. They do they do have specs, but their specs are pretty minimal. minimal. So a lot of these films, although this one I think is a Wild Eye release, but I didn't see the logo. So a lot of times I'll start one of my movies and I'll see their logo going, man, they know me. <laughs> I, so I think what it is, you can make a film. And get it out there, regardless now, of how good it is. Now, does Amazon, since you've watched so many films, does it pop up with films, you know, the algorithms come up with all these films that you should be watching now? Oh, yeah. It, none of them are ones I would choose to watch, other than I like to watch all these movies. So it is kind of funny. My Amazon is a mess. <laughs> like, there isn't anything It's like, oh, you should be watching Blade Runner. No, Blade Runner doesn't come up anymore. No. I get running blades because it's a <laughs> knockoff of something. I was like, great, I'll take it. So, Alien Affliction, which I forgot to, to pull. This is this will be an interesting fact before you go on. He has it on his IMDb. Rob Grant, writer director, Desolate. Yes, that makes more sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Alien Affliction might have been an Amazon Prime I think retitle. It was. Yes, because Alien Head, no aliens in this movie. Implied aliens. Implied aliens and a hand or fingers. Oh right, 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 right. Yes. It was a movie. How about that? It was. It was 77 minutes, so that makes it a movie. That's true. Um, it used to be 82 minutes, but now I think 75 is the new movie length. Well, you know, people have short attention spans. Uh, so, and I apologize ahead of time because I was expecting it to be more of a Mark Planera film, like people in a mask. Yeah. Those are always fun because there was, you know, That's there's true. some you watch, you're like, this is great because they're doing it. Yes. I there You do not need to apologize. <laughs> I did watch it. Okay. I did do my homework. Okay. I will put the ball back in your court. Um, my thing is uh, with this, when, then when you read a little more, which we'll get into it in a second, is that the idea... I'll go to another movie. We watched a Christmas movie, which I'm putting in quotes. It literally came up. We were on a binge at work, and we were watching Christmas movies, and I think it was called This is Christmas. And it's like, okay, great. We'll watch it. It was done by a, um, an actor, director, and writer, uh, Kentucker Audrey. Audrey. I'm always going to butcher people's names. It was the most depressing Christmas movie ever. And it was like, this is a Christmas movie? <laughs> but it was shot. We all in the audience, in the office, it was Zach and John, all agreed. It's like, this is not a great movie, but it looks amazing. And that's where you're going to find these gems. I think we actually shot on film. So all the Christmas lights had that really good glow to glow, them because yeah. it was on film. 
it was just about a guy who ran a tree lot during the holidays out of his trailer in like New York or something. It was just depressing because he had no money and he was taking care of family. And you're like, does this get uplifting? Does an angel come down? Does Santa show up? Overall, in the end, it, it just was a mediocre movie. Right. Looked fantastic. Did so tree fall on him or something? To I don't want to, you know, give any spoiler, but something good happened, or did it end on a sour note? It ended up on a bummer note because he had oh. to close down his shop. So you're just like, oh. uh, all right, I get it. But so this, when this started, it's the Thinking Man's Alien film within the first minute. But then, for some reason, the whole movie was blue, which I don't understand. I agree with you. I'm glad you brought that up. That... Except we did a flashback in color. I know. I didn't understand. So that might have been an artistic but here, choice. But here's the thing. Coming from a post perspective. Right. Okay. The flashback dream sequences should have that ethereal feel. But your normal scenes should be colored correctly. So, I mean, if it's a choice of, you know, you're going to have kind of everything blue tintish. Right. Have blue tint. Don't make the whole thing freaking blue. Yeah, it definitely seemed like I get it. He was trying to convey that the 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 lead character, who by the way we don't find out his name until 15 minutes in. I made yes. that note, um, which is not good character development because I don't know who our main character I'm supposed to be following is. I yeah. don't know his name until 15 minutes into the movie. His name was Chad, by the way. I get it. Oh, he's depressed, so it should be blue. No, it should just be. It should look more Man of Steel. And Batman Superman, which yeah. is just depressing, depressing gray tones, gray tones, exactly. as opposed to a blue filter. Yeah. Some reason he's depressed. We don't know why. I don't think we ever find out why. And he's an alcoholic. Maybe he just likes to drink. I mean, but who doesn't? I mean, he's he's drinking because he did something to push his girl away. And now he's drowning his sorrows in alcohol, which, hey, I think we've all done. Yeah, I think what it is, it's uh, I don't mind a thinking man's alien movie. I'm all down for that. It's okay. And I get it. If you don't want to show your cheesy alien head, great. Show me an arm. Move move the story along. Yes. So we, we start off with him. Uh, he Oh, he watches uh, like an a, a explosion in a lawn chair or something like that. So there's an explosion. Then we cut to him on a date. And then he's on a date for five minutes. And I don't know why we're on this date. Yeah. He's depressed yeah. and he's being kind of jerky to her. Yeah. And we're shot in extreme close-ups for no reason no i'll forget there's things i'll forgive the camera work is very shaky extremely shaky i felt like i was watching blair witch uh and there was no reason for me to be watching blair witch right so there's <laughs> there's things where it's like i'll forgive some if you're in the car and it's like look i get it you're three people making a movie you're in a car it's not great you're doing the best you can yeah but then it gets to the point is like, oh, shit, this is intentional. Why is it intentional? Like it, everything always comes down to why? why. Why are you doing that? I would have instantly – you just needed a better scene to introduce your main character. Him seeing – it's interesting, yes. It's interesting to see this explosion or whatever it is because we don't know what it is at first. It's like an alien ship later. But like he's sitting down in a lawn chair for some reason and he sees an explosion. We cut to them going to the date. And you're like, all right, well, this is interesting. This must be – coming up and we're flashing back i'm on board then we're on a date and i don't know anyone's name i don't know why we're there and he's sort of a depressive dickhead and you're like okay so he's a jerk i got your story then he sees his friend and then he's drinking and i'm like okay i don't know what's happening and then he kicks his friend out of the car and the title comes up alien affliction wait we haven't had the title yet (laughs) you see i i did follow along with it okay um Starting out with him sitting in the lawn chair, he's taking a drink, sees the explosion. Right. And then, I, in my mind, I feel like he was flashing back to the date. Right. That he went on the date, and then we cut back to him in the car. So it doesn't make a lot of sense tonally um, that now he's back in the car after the explosion, and he's you know driving with his friend to go hiking. Right. And then they get in an argument, and you know all of a sudden they can't make a phone call or something. Right. So, yeah. It, it, they say the first 10 pages of a script mm-hmm. are what you have to have to hook somebody. Right. And if you know anything about making films, every page of script is a minute of film time. Right. So the first 10 minutes of the film better be fucking kick-ass. And if I can't... You can curse it. Okay. No one cares. Um, it better be amazing, the first right. 10 minutes of the film, to keep you hooked in. The reason I was hooked into this film is because it was homework and i had to watch for the podcast right so i kept watching it right and i'm hoping that things are going to change and get better for 
the better and not for the worse. Um, there's so much about this film that has potential. Right, and and that's that's why this segment says keep keeps evolving because we were watching these movies in the office, and then it just became this study of it's. This is literally what independent filmmaking is now. Yes. It's not like what it was where you still you invested, you know, forty grand of your money to make this film, and hopefully someone's going to watch it. I don't know what any budget is. Anyone uh, for the most part, you could if you have an iPhone like Soderbergh, which I mentioned in my last podcast with Jason, <clears throat> you can shoot a movie with, basically he shot High Flying Bird on Netflix with an iPhone 8 and a DJI gimbal. That was it. The DJI, DJI gimbal is $139 on Amazon. He already has an iPhone. And I know probably the way they shot the movie, they probably had 20 iPhone 8 yeah. because of storage and yeah. stuff. That's what he did to shoot a movie. He understands filmmaking. You watch the movie going, wow, this is a real movie. So, there's no excuse on look anymore. If you have a phone and a, and a gimbal, you're fine. That's it. It's, it's just true. basically, and most of the bloggers now use this DJI gimbal to shoot their YouTube videos, uh, even if they're just review videos. Right. That's why the shakiness. It's like, okay, this is irritating. It shouldn't be shaky unless it's intended. But you got to remember, it was filmed in 2013. Yeah, I, that they didn't have the, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Gimbal. I'm sure they did. Um, <laughs> they had a version of something that would have been fine. But yes, that's the thing that the, to go back to it is we'll watch these movies like if it was Shark and Steen or. Um, frozen sasquatch where you see it and it's like okay i know frozen sasquatch is what this movie is frozen sasquatch wakes up kills people i get it i understand mark panera what you're doing with this movie and for his movies it's always irritating it's the littlest things that irritate me they're driving so they're just they sort of blew out the windows smart and bumped yeah. the car a little bit and it's like genius but he's wearing mirrored glasses so you can see they're see? not moving change your glasses you have to know those are mirrored glasses shooting that. And and maybe you didn't right away, but this is his 30th film. You know mirror makes a reflection. It's though, It was the little things that irritate me. But I'm sure he thinks that those mirrored glasses are super cool. Yes. <laughs> On this character, they looked great. But for me, it was like all these films can always be better with, I guess, maybe an outside perspective or true, something. True. And, and yes, Frozen Sasquatch is always going to be Frozen Sasquatch. Shark and Scene's always going to be Shark and Scene, even with the visual effects and stuff. It's always going to be that. It's when it's little things that you could do. Not even like, you know, what they should have done is went to Weta and spent, you know, $100 million on the video. No, I, I don't want them to do that. You have the resources with it. And it's not even a matter of this, download that. It's it's a it's something you can do on set. So because all of a sudden we're watching it and it's bouncing. I went, wait a minute pause and you can see the director and the crew in his, his mirror glasses. glasses. Yeah. That only bothers us because it's what we do for a living. Exactly. We we, we have know. to catch that stuff. It's a QC note. Yeah, it they're, is. They're it really going is. to do it. It's sort of the way everyone was all hyper about the the coffee cup in Game of Thrones. Yes. Yes. And and here's the thing, and normally if we don't catch it, say your network or streaming service does, mm -hmm. they kick it back for post to fix it. And, and to go back to the Game of Thrones things real quick, that was baffling because the, on my on my dumb half hour show um, that I finished, we did an internal QC, we did a third party QC, and then they do an internal QC when you deliver. You, generally, the third party QC catches things that don't even exist. Yeah. Like to the point where like, oh, there's that. Yeah, we're, that's supposed to be there. Or, well, that we're pretty sure that's a mic. It's not a mic. The fact that they either had to rush this episode that they skipped a few things. It's baffling that that coffee cup made it through considering what I know my dumb show went through. And this is Game of Thrones. Well, maybe those fans are right in signing that to petition to remake yes. the eighth season. I think they should do it mainly just for the coffee cup. You know when someone pointed it out and that no one's like, because once again, you're in a different mindset when you're editing. Yeah. There's editors. It's like, I'll see something in like the online room going, how did no one catch it? Because you're not looking at it that way. You're like, Okay, does the eye line match? Does this match? Okay, great. What has the performance and stuff? Once yeah. in a while, an editor go, hey, there's some cables in the background. Great, thanks for the heads up. I'll make a note. Yeah. So it's baffling that after all that, and it wasn't even like so far in the background. That I was get right why. on the freaking table. I now, get it. So yeah. now, was there a water bottle in the final show? Someone said there was, but I don't watch the show, so I don't, I don't know. I don't so, either. Okay. All right. That aside, and the movie continually progresses that somehow there's an alien thing because they do exposition on the TV, which is great. 
because he's not talking to anyone else and that's the only place you can do exposition is on the tv oddly enough some of the tvs seemed they were regular color and they didn't have the blue tint so i don't know if maybe they tried to apply the blue tint and threw all the colors off i just wish the whole movie was in the color of the dream sequences I definitely think you would have had a better experience, experience. Yes, out yes. of the movie because it, I think what it is is it was a blue filter and not colored blue. Right. Like it wasn't like they color corrected it so there were more blue tones. But I didn't even feel that the movie was color corrected. Until you got to the color scenes. Until I got to the color scenes. Although it would have to be though because there they would have had to do something because there were scenes where they got in and out of a car and there were no color shifts. So that would have been... But for, at that point it looked like something that you... Uh, output on an avid look at like an avid output color version right like they applied some lut, LUT the wrong yeah. lut or something yeah. so something was done because it definitely wasn't a camera thing because you would have noticed shifts so it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't uncolor corrected they just applied something to it you you stay blue this whole time it's implied that there's some sort of aliens he just continues to drink for some reason there's no character development he has that annoying neighbor that eventually dies and you don't care yeah, the da- the neighbor died, and all I was thinking was, okay, when are we going to see blood coming through the right. door? Right. The blood does not come through the door until, like, everything is said and done. Right. Okay? Huge, huge mistake. And if and if, if your whole thing, once again, comes down to, I don't want to show the mask, show hands, show show movement, show yeah. add more sound design, build up the spend. But because at the time, you're just thinking, you never exp- – and I guess maybe because somehow it was called Alien Affliction on Prime, you're thinking, shit, I'm going to see an alien. And then when you realize the title was desolate, kind of makes time because everything could just sort of be in his head. Yeah, so that's true. I don't know. And it was also weird that it was sort of a alien movie when it's just more about a depressive guy. And that's why I thought that the ending was all in his head. Like everything was in his oh, head. Oh, the end credit scene? Yeah. They had an end credit scene. Yeah, so, an end credit scene. And, I mean, Which, yeah, it's him sitting there, but nothing happened, nothing, right? Yeah, nothing and happened. And then he dropped the bottle, so it was like, spot. was the rest a dream sequence? Basically, I think maybe, you know, the whole point of the movie is he was, you know, he started out drinking, he drank too much, got drunk, had this whole dream of, you know, aliens attacking. But it wasn't conveyed that way. No, it was not conveyed that way. And I think there were things that you didn't need that maybe they thought they needed time you didn't need the date scene because that progressed nothing story-wise and it didn't enhance him as a character if you're only going to be by yourself you need to explain more maybe more phone conversations or the friend who gets in the car should have been more exposition friend yeah he explains to us what the hell's going on what what is going on so so then i then i did a little little research of desolate shot over three years three years on free weekends okay and no script so then it makes sense okay but three years you're going to develop what this story is not having a script doesn't mean you don't have the idea for what it is true three years this shouldn't have taken three years no this should have taken maybe three weekends three weekends for what we saw yeah okay i forgive you this is your film well and that was weird the weird tone shift too is the credits start and it said um free weekend films or something and i was like oh they shot it over the weekends yeah that's kind of a clever name yeah then it was you saw that the free weekend films and it was like all right that's clever i get i understand what you're saying that was me yeah i was i was thinking three i was three weekends yeah i could all right i could probably do something like that in three weekends a a film by everyone involved in making it i was like oh so this is gonna be a comedy because you're (laughs) setting up a joke in the beginning so you're setting up a tone yep well yeah so that was the it was blue. They put a blue filter on it. Yeah. Because then I was angry because I was talking to Zach at the time. I was like, this movie's <laughs> making me angry. He made a movie. He, he took did. his three weekends, his free weekends with his friends and made, made a, movie. a movie. Yeah. Should it have been better? So much better. And I get it. Hey, we're going to improvise three my- years. It's it- a little weird that they spent that much time. I get it if it was a creature thing. Yeah. Look, doing this with this creature took so long. But considering you followed the main character along most of the time uh, with just the camera, it's like it shouldn't have taken that long. It's like, was each scene a weekend? And was it one of those things? Maybe. And maybe it was one of those things he was doing other stuff. And then I was like, oh, God, we got to get back to this movie. And at what point aren't you editing as you go along and then going, oh, we need to take the story here? There's one thing about, hey, let's shoot something over the next two weekends. 
let's make a 70 minute movie great yeah even if it's like look i'm gonna i'm gonna outline it let's make an outline and then we'll just improvise the dialogue so we don't have to worry about memorizing lines i'm totally down with that perfect but three years three years i mean that's like uh the guy who was making a scene by scene recreation of Raiders of the Lost Ark from the time he was like what nine those years kids. old? Yeah, 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 those yeah, kids. Those, yeah. And he finally finished it, you know, like what twenty five years later or yeah. something like that. That I can understand taking that amount of time because they were kids at first yeah. and they were having fun. Then a year would go by. Let's do it again, yeah. and and you see them age and everything. That's sort of just doing something for fun, fun. and they're trying to recreate and uh, you think about when they started too they probably didn't even have a vhs they're yeah. probably doing a lot from memory because now you could probably do it a lot quicker you could oh, totally. okay what scene do we need great let's go shoot it and you could find the right angle yeah. so you're only doing two takes of the correct angle every time so then i looked up rob grant a little more to give credit where credit is due he, he, made, he a movie. made a movie the interesting part is he's one of us in the sense that He's been an assistant editor. He worked on Deadpool 2. He's worked on War of Planet of the Apes, uh, Point Break, obviously the remake, uh, Twilight, Cabin in the Woods, additional production assistant, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Marmaduke, The A-Team. So this guy, then it comes down to, okay, this guy works in the business, knows what a movie's supposed to look like. And a lot of this is post-production work. He should really know. Like a lot of it is he's a first assistant editor. And, and Rob, Grant, we don't want to come down hard on you. No. This is not, you know, this is not negativity towards no, 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 you no. or anything like that. You made a film. You did make a film. I haven't made my film yet. And this was his third film. And um. so, you know, but there's always a but associated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always a but associated. If you work in the industry, mm -hmm. especially in post-production, you should know. Yeah. You should know. You should just know ideas. And it was funny because there was another guy... We watched one of his films. Maybe it was um, I don't know, Sand Sharks or something. I don't know. Something ridiculous. It was one of those ridiculous movies. He was one too. He was in like set deck. So, but like, and I was like, oh my God, this guy's worked. Because at first you're like, who directed this? And because whatever your credits are the most come up. First one went, wait a minute. This guy, wait, what? And then we looked deeper and went, oh, okay. He has a regular job and he shoots his movies on the side. And actually his movie was fine. It wasn't great or whatever, yeah. but it was more watchable. And this guy has a new film, uh, Harpoon, coming out this year. I saw the trailer. Actually, it looks pretty good. So all of this, obviously, this being his third film, maybe it was his first one, the third released, you know, True. because he True. shot it on the weekends True. and everything. He progressively got better. Here's the thing, in my opinion. This didn't need to be an alien movie. No. Not at all. And I don't know. I wonder when that came into it over the years. Because at first... because. It doesn't start off that way. No. And, and we don't know what order he shot in, if it's improvised. It just sort of became something. It's almost like, oh, this guy's pretty depressive. What if aliens landed? Unless that was always the plan and they just never done alien. And that's the thing. When you look up the film, there isn't a lot of like information on right. it. I was hoping more of like, other than, hey, you know, they shot it over the weekends. All right, great. You know, maybe it started off this way. I mean, this could have been a zombie film. Right. This totally could have been a zombie film without actually showing a face of a zombie right because the guy his friend ends up getting bit by the alien and becoming an alien spoiler alert yeah. at the end which... yeah that was the closest then i was like wait is he a vampire now yeah because like, he looked more yeah. vampire than he, uh he did he needed that... he needed more of the fake eyeball uh contact thing or whatever yeah, his eyes like... were just green that yeah way. that was just kind of a a weird thrown in yeah. shot so that's the thing because like it even mentioned it goes the film follows a young man who hits rock bottom after suspecting his best friend may be responsible for his failed relationship great okay but i think what it is is it should have just been his downfall sort of like maybe a leaving las vegas it's yeah. just his downfall aliens land and maybe he has a heroic moment and then he's sort of the hero honestly just sort of meanders Me meandered on as i yeah and, and I, once again i think there is like maybe with an edit or something there's something there there's definitely something there i Rob, think you made a movie there's something you made there. a movie you made it's a movie it's get rid of some of the opening stuff introduce you basically all you need to make this movie a little more Coherent. palatable yeah is a strong opening scene with the main character on why he is who he is as opposed to then 10 minutes into it there's some sort of car ride and he suspects his friend yeah you need that and then maybe more of a monster at the end even if you see a glimpse of him 
And then even the friend turning the monster, I'm okay with. Yeah. You just needed something to introduce me. Because, like, at one point, you know, 15 minutes, it's like, look, Chad. Oh, shit, his name's Chad. All right, good to know. The guy I'm following, who I'm following, <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> and it, it's not even like he, you know, you get a phone call or something. Hey, Chad, it's, you know, it's so-and-so. Great, it's Chad. Just Yeah. If he was on the date and the girl said, Chad, I can't believe you're being like this, you're acting like this, you would have, you know... Name your person. Name your right. protagonist in the first, you know, five minutes of the movie. So right. You know who you're dealing and, with. And we don't know why he's on this date. We don't, yeah. you know, it's not like, oh, thanks for meeting me. And we've been, it, there was yeah. nothing. We're nothing. just sort of in the middle of a date. And it's like, well, is this taking us anywhere? Yeah. And once again, and it, it comes down to the reason why I like watching these movies. It's just sort of that people are doing it. It's the whole you made a movie thing. That's where true. A lot of people talk about it's like, oh, I want to make a movie, but I want to shoot on film or I need this budget. And these films, people are doing it. And there's a really there's a company that will release them. You can get people to watch. Literally, you could send a link now going, hey, do you have Amazon Prime? Great. You can watch my movie. Although I think some of these are free without Prime. I'm not sure. Interesting. But, you know, they they have something on a reel now. It's not just talk. You know, they did. And that's, I think, what it is. That's why it's more positive. That's why it got rid of Hate Watch is that, hey, this guy made a movie. I haven't made a movie. I mean, I'm complaining about it and talking about it, but it's only because of what I do and I understand the flow of it. It's not like I'm some, you know, blogger or something in my basement that doesn't have the knowledge. Yes, I also have the knowledge of all the movies and TV I've seen over my entire lifetime, which also makes you a good judgment of movies. But we also do it for you're, a living. You're like the Quentin Tarantino of watching movies. Oh, God, am I? Um, You've seen a ton of movies. He's worked in a video store, seen a ton of movies. Uh, he's directed a couple. Yeah, I think he's on his, <laughs> his ninth, ninth now. one, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think it, 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 it's, it's, I think that's why also, too, like I, <laughs> the people I know, like you write and everything, it's like don't have anything, don't put anything on a pedestal, don't let anything get in your head about, God, I'm still writing, or... What's going to happen? Fucking Rob Grant. Fucking killing it. He's made eight movies, and they've all progressively gotten better, because as they should. A Mark Planera, who I, I do adore, his films progressively be exactly <laughs> the same, which nothing wrong with no, that. No. He's making the movie he needs to make to sell he, whatever he, he wants to make. He's making the movies he wants to make, yeah. and you would think, though, by, like, you know, after 30 years, like, right, this should be a little better. He's still doing it, He's though, doing it. more so than a lot of people that we talk to in our business there's always someone that's like oh i'm gonna make my thing yeah do you have a phone now i I get it though like when we started like you said 96 and i I was roughly around 96 when i had my first job at that time you know we had people a few years ahead of us like you know like a kevin smith or something but he spent all his money on film and it you know he got lucky because he'll tell the story of like i hit the festival no one went then i got lucky enough that one person at a festival saw it that told someone else that told you know so it was a lot different. Yeah, we had video cameras, but no one was taking video cameras. You could have made something, a good reel to get into a film school or maybe get a job out of something. But now, real directors like Soderbergh is taking his iPhone and making movies. movies. And, yeah. and and there are still, like, I'll still see some that, you know, these people make. It's like, wow, you really did a good job. I don't even really have a complaint other than, yeah, I have some issues. But it's like, at that point, it's like you made a better film than most people. Just no one's seeing it. It's on his resume. It's true. And, you know, this uh, his new film, it's like he's just going to keep progressing as he goes. And he obviously has another job. So it's, it's that, not like it can't be done. It, yes. It can be done. I think now more so than ever, actually anything in the last five years, more so than ever, it's like you're most likely have an iPhone right now for the most part. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm more of a Google person. doesn't well, really matter. You know, my that's phone, why we're friends, Rob. My phone will still shoot 4K. <laughs> so it's fine. I, I can use my phone, shoot 4K footage. You can, yes. You can go to Amazon and buy, you know, under $200 worth of stuff to like, okay, I need, and maybe if you, it depends. I know it captures audio. You can get a thing that actually captures audio a little better on your phone. So, or you can go and like, uh, I currently have the Zoom H4n. You can use this to record audio as well. So this is maybe a little more expensive. Not really, but you can buy a cheaper version of this, or you can buy a thing for your phone that has a better mic on it. to catch the the sound that you need, yeah, yeah, because the sound is very important, extremely. And uh, which is another thing on this movie that they needed to do a better job of. Yeah, the music was mediocre. The sound, I think, because it was so shaky that I could never follow the sound. Well, I, there there were some scenes where I couldn't understand what the people were saying. Yeah, and then some of it I wasn't sure if it was we were supposed to do that, and right. then it's like, oh, I get it. Maybe is he drunk and we're not supposed to hear it, or is it just poorly done? 
thick so, in the ladder. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. a little ladder. So for the most part, it's like you you don't even have to really go into debt to make a movie the way it used to be. Used to, yes. Like correct. if you have a phone now, you most likely have a computer for the most part. And you can download, like, I mean, most of them come with iMovie, I think, if you have a Mac. Yeah. If not, you can download um, Resolve, uh, which is or DaVinci 15 or something. It is a pro editing program. It is, yeah, you're going to mess around with it. It's hard because oh, it's, definitely. it's a techie program. Yes. But you can do whatever you want. Like, and that's free. So the only, your only limit is storage space. And I'm sure oh. you have a hard drive. You can find a storage space. Hard so. drives are extremely cheap. And, and yeah, and if you're shooting minimal, you won't even probably need it. Your hard drive probably can take all your footage anyway. So I think that's what it is. That's I'm fascinating now to see everyone just doing it. You know, the field, the level, uh, the playing field's leveled now. It's, it it's no longer the rich man's art, which it once was more like in the 70s, 80s. It was, it's what it was. It was like you had to be a certain status to go to the film school or, you know, put up your own money. And now pretty much anyone can make a movie. And I think that's why I like watching them because it's like that guy might not, he's already done it. There'll be some I find he's only done one. It's like maybe he tried it and went, yeah, not my thing. That's true. And yeah. you watch it and it's on Amazon Prime. Maybe he's proud of it. That was fun. Yeah. But that's not what I want to do, you know? And I think that's the thing is everyone has the tools now to do whatever they want. And it's interesting to what we get. We get desolate slash alien affliction. We get a shark yeah, and steam I, I here was, and there. I was totally thinking of something different with alien affliction. Well, and especially too, it, it, it's such a weird, I, I, I wish I actually looked him up. He's not on Twitter because I would hit him up on Twitter to go, hey, what's up with the alien affliction thing? Because a lot of times, you know, you can reach out to people as long as you're nice, they'll, yeah. they'll reach back and... I was kind of surprised that he's not on social media at all. And it's like, good for you, I guess. Yes. I It's how how are you making films without being on social media? Or he's very under the radar social media. Yeah. And it's like, look, I don't want people shitting on my film. And it's not. It's it's different. It's different. It's, it's constructive criticism. Constructive. And then once again, it's five years old. There's nothing he can do about yeah. this movie. And no. he made a better film now. Yeah. It's more of why. Most, yeah. most of the questions like, if you had three years, this could have, especially when you look at three years, like yeah, it could have been better after three years, especially if you're using the same three people, you can reshoot and stuff like that. But yeah, if it took three years to make the film, the end product should have been stellar. Right. And I think that's the thing is just go watch these films, as I always say, because that'll put you in a better place if this is what you want to do. Don't go, you know, it's like, oh, I watched Jaws and Schindler's List. Yeah, you're going to be depressed then because these are great <laughs> movies, but you're not going to be that person. No. Eventually, maybe. But if you want to make something now, don't think you're going to make Jaws. Well, you got to remember that Jaws was <clears throat> not Spielberg's fil first film. Right. It was like his third or fourth, I think. Uh, yeah, he did the TV movie, which a duel, which duel. then was uh, theatrical released. He did TV directing. Yep. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not like that it was his first film, but it's, don't think it's like, oh, this isn't as going to be as good as that. Nothing's going to be no. that good. No. But it doesn't mean you won't get your movie Done. done and i think that's the most important is just like watch these films see the, yeah and it's easy you can crap on them all you want but it's like they did it they did that thing they made a movie you're crapping on going well i want to you know it's no jaws or it's no aliens it's like, <laughs> of course not i mean no. those people worked hard and did something else and uh, i don't know i think we're at a place now it's like there's no excuse if you don't want to yes it is it's time and effort yes more than anything like if you're working you know 60 70 hours a week and you only have the weekends yeah that's going to take some time and you're going to do it and but you can still shoot it on the weekend or have your script ready to shoot on the weekend you don't have to sit there going well i want my i wanted a studio to buy it yeah. uh, right now they're not buying anything except big budget uh, right. superhero type things so and maybe you do something that gets someone's attention exactly. because some of these guys like i'll notice the few of their films they'll like do a few horror films and because that's always the easiest to do yep not easy to do it's the easiest thing to start to off, start, off with. yes yes then all of a sudden they might go to asylum which makes low budget movies that have b-list actors and i'm sorry or they'll have actors like oh my god i love that guy in the 90s they're still acting so you know then you just see that train and it's like if that's what you want to do just keep doing that it's a stepping stone right and if that's all you see it or you're this mark guy who look i love living where i live and i love making movies with my friends and somehow i'm making some sort of income i'd love to have him on i john and i talk about having him on because it's like how do you survive yeah yeah i would like, like to know that too it's like you've been doing this for so long and and dvd sales don't exist anymore i, I know there's some but it's top tier 4k blu-rays that are yeah. they're making some money and then um you have 
um, it's like streaming. I don't know. It's like how many people have to watch before you make a check, you know? So it's, I'd, I'd be curious on what else he does or no, no, I, I do wedding videos on the side or something. I don't know. I, I'll Wouldn't be that kidding. be cool if he was just wedding videographer or something and he just shot movies, horror movies on the side? It's like, no, I bank on these yeah. wedding things. Yeah. And then just on the weekends, I, me and my friends, we just shoot a movie. We knock this shit out in a weekend. <laughs> Although I'd be curious. I'd love to know what his like, time frame is. There's a, there's a, yeah. I have a lot more questions yeah. than that. All right, we're going to wrap it up. So thank you, Randy, for participating in So You Made a Movie. Well, thank you very much. Uh, my first podcast. It was a great time. I soon will be making a movie. Yes, uh, making a movie this weekend. Uh, it's Alien Affliction 2. Yes, um, it won't take me three years. It'll take me like three hours. And uh, Rob Grant, if uh, I can find you on Twitter, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up and let you know we talked about it. But you made a movie. And you continually to make movies. You and, made a movie. And that's more than most people can do. Congratulations. Great job. Um, you got two people to watch it yeah there you go you got two people to watch it and um, more to come our social or my social our social media is i always have to look i have randy's up which i'll give a shout out in a second why can i never know ours which i'll cut all this out hey uh, so social media because john robert on instagram because john rob on twitter you can find us on soundcloud if this is how you're listening to i believe we're on itunes we're on stitcher we're on um something else that's in my car uh, you can hit Randy up on Twitter at at Randy Loveridge, L-O-V-E-R-I-D-G-E. And is that the same on Instagram? No, it is not. It is, it is Randy underscore Shakespeare at um, Instagram. At Instagram. Uh, please uh, follow him and uh, see where his whereabouts are as he's writing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, th- well, the one, the Instagram we just gave you was my personal Instagram account. Uh, my writing okay. Instagram account is Shakespeare underscore writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. And I have little uh, scenes that I put up with uh, that show my writing progress. There you go. So uh, follow us on any of those. Uh, hit us up if you have any uh, questions. Um at any of the uh, the Instagrams or the social medias. Uh, thank you again, Randy. Thank you, Rob. Uh, this has been Post-Apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is Randy. Take it easy. Have a good one.